The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 72. With over 70 in the metro area, Portland has more breweries per capita than any other city in America. And yet, PBR is still the best-selling beer in Portland. Hey, only one beer's won a blue ribbon. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome back to another edition of the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that'll teach you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and whether this is your first time joining us or whether you've been joining us long enough to know that I use a Tide to Go stick almost every single day on my travels, I want to say thank you for joining us today for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. Now, if you are new, you probably don't know what podcast gluttony is. And if you've been with us for this whole month of September, I know that you guys are loving it because you've been telling me you're loving it. And what it is, is we are recording one episode every single weekday for the month of September. So 22 episodes in all. We are nearing the end of podcast gluttony. And please, I want to know your feedback. Send me an email to trav at extrapackofbeans.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can let us know on Facebook or Twitter. But tell us if you want us to continue this five times a week craziness with a podcast. And we would be glad to do it if the feedback is positive enough. So please, your input is very, very important. Let us know. Do you love podcast gluttony? What do you like about it? What type of episodes do you guys want to hear? Because this show is all about you. Now, today we are diving back into our Destination Diaries episode, and that is where Heather and I get on the mic and delve into a place that we have been and tell you the kind of on-the-ground feeling of that place, where to eat, where to go, what activities do, what it's really like in that place, region, or city. And today, we figured why wouldn't we record an episode about Portland? Because we are sitting here in Portland, Oregon. So are you glad to be back here in Portland, Oregon? You know that I am. It's one of our favorite cities in the United States. Yeah. And we were talking about this over breakfast before we recorded this podcast. And naturally, everyone assumes that we are going to lead out about the thing that most people think about Portland when they think about it, and that is the beer. And the beer here is fantastic. The breweries are excellent. But you brought up a very good point about something else that really struck us about Portland the very first time we came here and every time that we continue to come back. What is it about Portland that really strikes us? Well, I think what you're referring to is the people in Portland or the vibe of Portland, how it makes you feel when you're here. And we've experienced just such hospitality in this city. Everyone here is so nice. In fact, they're so nice that you almost think there's something wrong with them, you know, coming from the East Coast. A I, skeptical East Coaster. Yeah, I tend to be a little more skeptical. Like, what are people thinking? What's in it for them? Why are they so nice? But honestly, people in Portland are just genuine. Yeah, and we noticed that the very first time we came in July of 2013, and we were just struck by the fact that everyone was so friendly on the street saying hi, and it's just really congenial atmosphere. 
but it really hit home this last July when we ended up coming to Portland. Hath, I think you tell this story pretty well. Why don't you tell people the real side of Portland when we were really like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, the people here. Well, we had a little bit of a mishap. We were coming to Portland for the World Domination Summit in July, and we had booked a room at one of the really nice hotels downtown. But right before we came, we realized the reservation was lost, canceled, made by mistake. We don't know what happened Literally exactly. Literally 18 hours before we we're going to get on the plane. Yeah. The, we were supposed to leave on Tuesday and Monday. I called the hotel to confirm our reservation and they said that it was not there. So we're scrambling around trying to find a place to stay. Airbnb, nothing. I mean, we're coming to Portland for like an entrepreneurial travel conference. All these people know the places to get accommodations. So... Travis was like, well, maybe I'll just put something out on Craigslist, like housing needed and see what comes up. Yeah, which I've never used before. It's how, you know, if you go on Craigslist, usually you're looking for like a bike or a blender or a couch or something like that. But there's a section called housing needed. And I thought, I'm going to put up here exactly what happened. We lost our hotel reservation. There's nowhere for us to stay. Can we please just find something? We're going to be here for these dates. You know, I, I figured nothing would hit. Like it was 18 hours before we were literally landing in Portland. But I put up a little ad just telling everyone what we were about, put my phone number, and I was like, please, please call or text me. And within an hour, I had about five different options. Now, none of them were really that great. There, A lot of them were outside of Portland. We wanted to be downtown for this conference. But one of them really did work out very, very well. Well, this woman contacted Travis and said, you know, I have a house in the southeast of Portland and, you know, you can come by and check out this like basement room that we have and see if you want to stay here. But in the meantime, Travis had also put this out on Twitter and Facebook and some of his readers had even said, you know, I have a hotel room and you and Heather can have the bed and I'll sleep on the floor. I mean, yeah, thank you, Thomas Frank, <laughs> collegeinfogeek.com. Go check it out. Just so many people. And uh, fortunately, I also have an aunt and uncle who live in Vancouver, Washington, which is like 20 minutes outside of Portland. They said we could stay. So we have this outpouring of people just offering us up accommodations. And the woman from Craigslist, we actually didn't end up staying with, but we went to meet her and she was so wonderful, so lovely, showed us her whole house. You know, we went out to lunch together and we told her we were going camping. And she's like, oh my gosh, do you have camping provisions? And we're like, well, we have not that much, but our friends are bringing some and we're just going to buy sleeping bags because we don't have any and we want to bring them back to the East Coast anyway. She's like, no, don't buy any sleeping bags. Don't buy anything. I have sleeping bags. You must take mine. You can just drop them off when you're done camping. Anything else you need. And we're just like, no, we literally are not going to take yeah, your sleeping she bags. Insisted. But she insisted there was no way we were going to turn down these sleeping bags. So we did. We went and borrowed her sleeping bags. We returned them, you know, five days later in the morning. We just put them on our porch. Uh, she got up and, and said bye. And that's actually where we're now staying at her place in Portland because we came through for a few more days to do some things now here in September. And she opened up her house again. And it's just been a very, very cool experience. We actually ended up staying at a friend's house in July who said, hey, by the way, I actually have a whole house that I just moved out of that I'm looking to rent in a month or so. Why don't you guys just stay here? So long story short, we ended up with a four-bedroom house all to ourselves, way better than the hotel room we would have had. And just a very, very cool vibe that permeates all of Portland. The people are just so friendly, so nice. So yeah, skeptical East Coasters like us sometimes have a hard time 
kind of relating that. Like, oh my gosh, what do they want? But really, it's just awesome, awesome people. A really incredible vibe. If you've never been to Portland, you can check out the show Portlandia. You could stop listening to this podcast right now and check out Portlandia. It's a very, very good you know, overview of what Portland's actually like. So the vibe is very cool. But let's get into now the other parts of it, the eating, the drinking, the activities, because there's so much to do here in Portland. And then at the end of the show, we're going to kind of give you an itinerary of what we would do if you only had one or two or three days in Portland. What are the main things that you should definitely hit? So we have to start here now with the with the beer. Yeah, well, we, of course love to check out different breweries all over the world and especially in America with the craft brewery explosion. Everybody wants to try craft beer. Portland has no shortage of breweries. And I know Travis and Jason did a podcast a couple weeks ago about the top 10 breweries in America or whatever, how many you did. But Top 16 in America. If you're interested in beer and breweries, you can check that one out. That's linked at extrapackofpants.com slash pods or extrapackofpants.com slash beer. Just a little hook there because I know a lot of people really like that episode or told us other breweries we should go to, which we're always looking um, for new places to try. But you and Jason both had breweries on the tops of your list in Portland. And one of those on your list was Deschutes Brewery. And we went there the first time we came to Portland and we went with a big group and they were just so accommodating. Their beer is excellent. Very good. Their food is good. And it's just a nice vibe. So I know that we both really like Deschutes. Yeah, Deschutes right downtown too, right there in the Pearl. So very easy to find, centrally located, really big place. You can take groups there. We actually went with like a group of 40 the first time we went, which was really nice. Awesome beer. You can get these shoots all around the country, but you know it's cool to be there, get their beer at their um, beer hall. And also, as Heather mentioned, some really good foods. Another one that we found really interesting, much more of a unique vibe than they shoots because they shoots is cool, but it's kind of a big beer hall. But we really liked base camp. Yeah, I went to base camp um, without Travis the first time this past summer with a couple of friends. And the atmosphere, like Travis said, is really cool. They have like carabiners on the taps and it, you know, beautiful photography of just outdoor activities of hiking in the mountains and everything all around Portland area. You know, we have, they have some really big mountains out here. People do lots of hiking and it's a very outdoor experience. So the whole feeling of base camp is like that, like have a great beer, get out, explore the world. And their beers are really good, crisp, delicious. They have two food carts there. One that was the falafel one, which is like my favorite. I loved it. Uh, We just had a really great time sitting outside there. Yeah, just a unique experience that they know what they want to present. They know how to present it and they, they do a great job of it. Rogue is another big one here in Portland that I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of. Rogue Dead Gaella is pretty popular all around the country. We went there. It's it's cool. It's pretty gritty. Um, you might just want to check it out, stop in for a beer. Not our favorite, but a neat place. And then one place that will be going actually later tonight that a lot of people have recommended and said they had great beer is Burnside Brewing Company. So we'll be checking that out as well. So tons and tons of different places. We should also mention McMenamins. If you haven't been to Portland, the first time we got here, we had no idea what McMenamins was. We just happened to stop into a bar that was a McMenamins bar. Heth, explain McMenamins a little bit. Well, I don't know their whole company history, but basically it's this group. I I don't know if it's a family. Two brothers, I think. They wanted to, to buy these historical places in Portland 
like one of them is a school, one of them is an old ballroom slash hotel, and they turn them into restaurants and bars. And I have to say that, you know, they have quite a few locations, but all of them are pretty good. I mean, nothing that'll blow you away, but consistently good beer and food. We've eaten at a few of them. Um, the Kennedy School is one of our favorites because it's actually an old school. Yeah, that's up in the Northeast. And we should mention that Portland is divided into four quadrants, you know, the Northwest, Northeast, Southwest, Southeast. And we have stayed in all four of those areas. They're all really cool. They're all very unique. We'll get into that in a little bit. But the Kennedy School is out in the Northeast. And if you have a chance to get out there, it's an old elementary school. And they've turned different parts of it into different bars. So you have the detention hall, which is turned into a bar. You have the principal's office, which is turned into a bar. They have like a movie theater in there. It's a very, very unique, very cool place. So definitely check that out. Another place that we haven't got a chance to stay at, but we have driven through is called Edgefield. And that's another McMenamin's property. And that is actually out on the way to Multnomah Falls. Another thing we'll talk about in just a few minutes. And Edgefield is a huge kind of compound. It's really beautiful. They do tons of concerts there in the summer and the fall. Again, you can stay there. It's a hotel. The Kennedy School, as we mentioned, actually a hotel as well. So you can rent a room there. You could just go for dinner at many other one of their you know sitting areas or restaurants within there. Um, or you could go for a concert at Edgefield. So just some really neat properties that you should check out. Yeah, I would recommend. So Portland is kind of a big city. It's it's spread out. So you can get away with not renting a car. But what we tend to do is, you know, if you wanted to see some things downtown, especially on the western side, northwest and downtown, very walkable. But if you're across the river on the north or the northeast northeast or or southeast, southeast. we tend to rent a car. And if you do both, if you, you know, want to be downtown and walk around and then maybe for two days rent a car, plan that if you're doing the McMenamins like the Kennedy School or or Edgefield, because you just really, they're not super accessible by public transportation or anything like that. One of the things we were surprised about with Portland is how easy it is to drive around here. Again, coming from the East Coast, it's, you know, you never want to drive into the city, really. It's, it's a pain in the butt. Here, it's very easy to drive around. We should mention, again, if you haven't been here, it's like being in suburbia almost. When you're in the Northeast or the Southeast, you're right across the river from quote unquote downtown. You know, it's like a mile, two mile walk, depending where you are, maybe three mile walk or bike. But it's, you know, people have lawns. It's really nice. And each neighborhood is completely different. And that's what I think I love so much about Portland is that each area is different. If you're up in the Northeast, you have Alberta Street and all the arts and stuff like that. The Southeast has some cool stuff. And then the Northwest is one of our favorite parts. That's where we stay in the beginning. So why don't we actually talk a little bit about accommodations then? So my favorite district in Portland is actually the Northwest District. The Pearl District. Uh, the first time we were in Portland, we stayed in the Northwest Hostel, uh, which isn't my favorite hostel in the world, but you know, it did the job for that particular trip. But the area that it's in is what makes this really special because the Pearl is just really beautiful. It has lots of old traditional houses. It has uh, one of my favorite streets in Portland, which is 13th Street, which they just renovated all of these beautiful warehouses and made them into shops and restaurants. So it's a really cool area to wander around. 
Yeah, and the Northwest Portland Hostel is going to be the cheapest bet that you can get to be somewhere on that side of the river. Really cool spot. Again, just an old house. It's not, you know, it's nothing special really, but it's a great location. You can bump up to 21st or 23rd Street really easily, or you can come down into the Pearl. We've actually stayed in quite a few places. Like we said, we stayed in the Northwest Portland Guest House. We stayed in the Northeast in a house before. That's a cool area. You want to be near Alberta Street. There's a lot of stuff going on Alberta Street. Heth, you actually did a street festival on Alberta Street one day. Actually, the street festival was on Mississippi. It's called the Mississippi Street Festival. So it's just another popular street. It is in the Northeast, like you're saying. But um, I think it's every Saturday or some Saturdays in the summer. I'm not sure the exact schedule. But on Mississippi Street, they have lots of shops and cafes, but what they actually do is close off the whole street and all these vendors come and it's really nice to walk up and down that fair and it gets pretty crowded in the summers. It was a really cool experience, but like you were saying, Alberta Street is a nice place to stay and it's kind of like the hip area of the Northeast where you're going to find you know, some of our favorite places, including our favorite breakfast place, but I don't know if we're getting into food Yeah, yet. sure. Let's yeah. just roll okay. right into this stuff. The favorite yeah. breakfast place that we were introduced to by a guest of the EPOP podcast, Sean Keener from Boots and All, took us to the Tin Shed the very first time we came to Portland, and it is phenomenal. Now, if you're going on a weekend, make sure you plan for an hour wait or so. Um, you could sit outside, you know, you can drink some cocktails and stuff while you wait, Bloody Marys, whatever you choose. But just a really, really cool breakfast spot that has been there for a really long time. And that is up on Alberta Street in the Northeast. Yeah. And if you've listened to some of our other podcasts, we did one that was our top five destinations and foods. And we had a breakfast place in Philadelphia listed on that podcast. And I have to say, this doesn't, you know, make it as high as nudies in Philadelphia, but it definitely has a really cool atmosphere in there. It's very, you know, like, homey and cool and hipster and whatever you want to call it. Oh, but it's Portland. Yeah. So it's all hipster. Um, but. but the food there is incredible. I Everything I've eaten there has been really good. Yeah. And just to touch on the accommodations again, one of the best ways I think to experience Portland and to, and to stay in Portland, you can do the hostel. You could also, there is a place called the Nines, which is right downtown, a luxury hotel. If you have Starwood preferred guest points, that's about 16,000 points a night. So we know a lot of people who come to Portland and use their SPG points there. Pretty good deal. You know, if you were to pay for it out of pocket, it's going to be $300, $400 a night. So you could stay there with points if you really want to be downtown for a night or two and spoil yourself. But we just tend to do Airbnb a lot. And it really works well in Portland. There's a lot of unique homes, a lot of cozy homes. So Airbnb would be a really solid bet. And like you said, you can do Northeast, you can do Southeast, Northwest. It's not going to be much in the southeast because you're dead downtown then it's, but and or, below that's more industrial as well but. right so but there's a lot of a lot of neat places then that you can go for airbnb speak of eating we already mentioned the tin shed whenever you probably think of portland if you've been here and you think of eating food carts are on your mind they are absolutely everywhere and there are some that we really really love so have start us off with just tell some of the food carts because i think there's some crazy number like 700 food carts i could be way underestimating that actually yeah there are a lot of food carts and portland i think is known to a lot of people as a, a big foodie city there are a lot of great places there's some really high-end restaurants but the food carts are really fun because you can find them like there's this one square in downtown. I don't remember exactly what the name of the square is, but you can't really miss it. It's, you know, a couple blocks up from Pioneer Square, but 
they have like hundreds of food carts in there. And I know Travis has a favorite one. Um, but they ha- we've had a Mexican food cart that was amazing. There's like Vietnamese. And- the Mexican one is on 12th and Alder. I don't remember the name of it, but it's kind of a standalone food cart. It's not in a pod. They have these food cart pods where there'll be, you know, anywhere between five to 35 of them together in one section, like an outdoor food cart. But the Mexican one is on 12th and Alder, and it's a bit of a standalone one. And any of you who know Travis might know that he kind of has a, an interesting guilty pleasure for his favorite food. And he even has a wallet <laughs> that's crafted after this. Yes, I have a wallet made to look like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If anyone's interested in seeing this or getting one of these, you can go to MightyWallet.com. They're really cool wallets. I've had it for a long time now. There is a peanut butter and jelly food cart. There's actually two uh, owned by the same lady. They're called PBJ Grilled. There's one up on 23rd Street in the Northwest, and then there's one in Podtopia, but that actually will probably be moving in October. But it's just, it's fantastic. I mean, you think, oh, it's just peanut butter and jelly, but she does all types of crazy stuff with it. She puts like shrimp tempura in one of them to make it like a Thai peanut butter and jelly that was actually really fantastic. I'm not doing it justice here. There's so many different kinds. Yeah, the first time we went, we got the one that was like French toast with peanut... And she makes all of her homemade jams, homemade peanut butters, almond butter. I mean... Everything is just absolutely delicious, locally sourced. Um, So we had one that was French toast, peanut butter, jam, and bacon. And it was so good. (laughs) Yeah. So check out the food carts. Definitely check out the peanut butter and jelly one. There's grilled cheese ones. There's, as Heather said, there's really good Vietnamese ones. I mean, there's anything you can imagine. And it's really cool how people have become pretty inventive with their options and what they offer. So the PBJ one is my favorite. Check that out. But you really can't go wrong with the food carts. We should mention, too, one of our favorite things about Portland is the crazy happy hours. And we first got to Portland last year. Someone was saying to us, yeah, we, we said we were going to go take a nap or something. It was like one thirty, And they mentioned, you know, and then we were going to get up and go to happy hour. He said, well, why are you going to take a nap? Why don't you just go to happy hour? And we thought, well, you know, happy hour starts at 4 at the early. It's probably 5. Well, not in Portland. It starts maybe 2, maybe 3, usually runs from like 2 or 3 to 6 o'clock. Happy hour, you know, ends at six and then starts up again, usually eight until close or nine until close. So there are tons of awesome happy hour spots around. One of our favorite is called Bricks Tavern that is right in the Pearl. Yeah. So again, my favorite district in Portland is the Pearl District in the whole area of Northwest. And yeah, Bricks is great. We went there the first time, you know, we'd had a long flight. We arrived at the hostel and I was kind of like, oh, you know, what are we going to do now? And We decided to go out for happy hour and they had these backyard margaritas, they're called. And what are they? Three dollars? Four. I think they're four. They come in mason jars. It's local crushed berries, you know, mixed in with a margarita. And it's absolutely delicious. And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I think I like Portland. (laughs) Yeah. And we've been going to that. We went to that happy hour bunch in the over the last year. And there, there's a lot of good happy hour specials out there. Most places are going to offer it. We really liked 
like Bricks Tavern as one of the places that you should look out for. Yeah, also Clyde Common, which is kind of in between Northwest and Southwest Portland. Like as you're walking downtown, their happy hour, their whole restaurant and their vibe is like a little more sleek, cosmopolitan. They have a great mixologist at the bar, like really good cocktails, some of the best in Portland apparently. Um, And they have really good appetizers and stuff like that. So that's a cool place to go if you want something a little more upscale, but still really cheap for happy hour. Yeah, for sure. So between happy hour and food cards, when we talk about cheap eating and cheap drinking, Portland really does do it right. There's so many options. Of course, they have some upscale restaurants and stuff like that. But really, you know, we we like to do stuff on a budget, as you all know, travel more, spend less. So take advantage of the happy hours, take advantage of the awesome food carts. We should mention... Well, this isn't really eating. This is more of an activity to me. This is one of the main reasons I come to Portland. I know we've said that a lot. There is a lot of reasons. But for me, the salt and straw is hands down the best ice cream that I have ever had in my life. I consider myself a little bit of an ice cream connoisseur, just meaning that I like to eat ice cream a lot. But the salt and straw, someone had said to us, you got to go to the salt and straw when you go to Portland. They've now, they I think they now have four or five locations in the city. The one that we would recommend going to, because we've been to two of them, we were at the one in the Northeast, and then we were at the one in the Northwest. I would go to the one in the Northwest on 23rd Street it is. There will be a line out the door. You will think, why are people waiting in line for an hour and a half for ice cream? But once you taste it, you will know why they're waiting in line for this ice cream. It's phenomenal. Yeah, the line can seem overwhelming, but you know, it's really fun there. People are just excited to get ice cream. So even if you have to wait for a while, it's totally worth it. I mean, especially if you go with a friend, you can chat the whole time. And one thing that we both love about uh, Salt and Straw. Free tastings. Free tastings. Yeah. So, I mean, you're waiting in line for a while, but as soon as you like get in the door, actually, of Salt and Straw, they have tons of employees working in there. Their customer service is great. They'll have someone come up to you and ask, what would you like to sample? They're and also the- making their own waffle cones. So it smells like homemade waffles as you walk in. Yeah. I mean, you get a fresh waffle cone. What more can you ask for when you want a good ice cream? But yeah, Travis, I mean, we were so surprised the first time we went in there. because I thought I could taste one or two. two, And the guy said, well, what do you want to taste? I said, well, it all sounds awesome because the flavors are very unique. For example... They will do crazy stuff like they do ol- o- an olive, olive oil, oil one, which Oprah's favorite. Oprah's favorite. It was okay. Um, they do like they did this crazy one like bone marrow ice cream, mm. habanero and strawberry or cheesecake. Yeah, I mean, blue all sorts cheese of and ham, ones. like just very unique, interesting things that you think sound awful, but then you're intrigued to taste them. And when you taste them, they taste like what that thing is, and it's usually pretty good. We didn't have the bone marrow, but we did have the olive oil, and the olive oil was. I wouldn't have a whole cone of it, but it was it was pretty good. But anyway, the guy asked, how many do you want to taste? And I said, well, basically all of them. He's like, okay, I'll bring you out a taste of all of them. He comes back with 12 or 13 flavors because they're constantly changing their flavors as well. And you taste them all. Um, they're just a, a really cool place. Really awesome. The people are great. And the ice cream is literary to die for. Yeah, it's definitely the best ice cream we've ever had. And as you know, we like ice cream, especially Travis. So I could say that we're pretty much an expert opinion when it comes to this topic. I don't think you'll be disappointed if you go to the Salt and Straw. So make the pilgrimage up to the Salt and Straw. It's just, you have to go. If you're coming to Portland and you miss the Salt and Straw, shame on you. So another thing that Portland is absolutely famous for, which isn't really Travis's area of expertise, 
No, I know nothing about this. So, Heth, you can just talk as long as you want. So, let's talk coffee. I absolutely love coffee. Um, Travis, you know, I'll get a coffee and Travis will think, oh, wow, that smells good or that looks delicious. And he'll take a sip of it and almost immediately regret it. But I am a coffee snob. I guess you could say I like some good coffee. And if you've ever heard of Portland and coffee, you think Stumptown, right? So, Stumptown coffee is... Absolutely delicious coffee. Uh, the original location, they have a few locations now. The original location is in the Ace Hotel on Stark Street, I think, in downtown Portland. And this coffee is very good. I, you can get their just regular brewed coffee. You can get their latte cappuccino. It's excellent. However, my absolute favorite coffee in the city, because I think it's a teeny tiny bit better than Stumptown, and maybe this is blasphemous, but I actually like this coffee place called Barista Better. And it's not, the name is Barista. I'm not just talking about one person making coffee, but the name of the cafe is Barista. And it's, I just, I think it's a little bit stronger. It's a little bit smoother. And getting a cappuccino or a latte there, just straight up, no sugar, no nothing. Just the way they make it is absolutely my favorite thing in the world. Best coffee I've ever had. Is Barista the one in the really cool building in the Pearl? Um, well, it's on 13th Street where all those like old warehouses are, yeah. but they have quite a few locations as well. There is one in um, Northeast Portland, right on Alberta Street, like one block from the Tin Shed. So I've been to that location a couple times as well. Yeah, I can't speak to the quality of the coffee because I don't like it, but it just some really cool spots, like people who take the buildings. I'm really into the architecture and I like walking into a place and seeing something unique and the barista one on 13th. It's just cool. Again, it's a, it's a warehouse that they've really turned into their own spot, just a, a cool spot. If you have to go and do work, I would go and you know get a hot chocolate or something like that. But it's, it's neat to have these really cool looking, feeling cafes. And I think Portland does a, does a really good job with that. So all that being said... You're then eating, drinking coffee, and drinking beer at all the breweries. You should get out and actually do some activities. And luckily, Portland has a lot of cool stuff to do. One of our favorite things to do, and this you could only do if you... I guess there's a bus that probably goes out there, but we have always rented a car to do that. Um, And that is to go to Montnomah Falls. Yeah, it's about a 30-minute drive from from Portland. But you can also take this scenic route, which I don't remember the exact name of it. It's what is it? some I don't scenic remember. highway. The, yeah, it's you can pretty, take the scenic one if you want. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's pretty easy. It. It's pretty easy to find. I mean, just look on Google Maps and you'll see like this scenic road. Actually, you get off the highway right where Edgefield, the McMenamin's Edgefield is, and that's where the scenic highway starts. And you just drive through like the, I guess it's not really a mountain, but it's, you know, through the forest and it's right next to the Columbia River. And once you keep going, there's like a stopping point where there's a scenic lookout that's beautiful. It was built, I you know, in the early 1900s mid 1900s. I'm not sure, but this is beautiful lookout where you can take pictures and see all of the Columbia River Valley. It's absolutely stunning. Then you get to Multnomah Falls. Yeah. And it's really cool to hike up Multnomah Falls. They have a bridge that you can get up to very easily. It's a, when we say hike, it's a paved road. Um, but you can get up there and then you could continue all the way up to the top if you want. And that's pretty cool. It is a bit more of a hike than maybe a 30 
minute hike from the bridge all the way up to I the think top. it's a mile. I think it's a mile hike or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's so it's, easy, not, it's, it's doable for sure. And that's cool because then you can look out. They have a little observatory area, I guess. They've just that you can look out over the falls. Um, also at the bottom of the falls, I really like it. There's a little fudge stand. You can get free samples of fudge. That's always really cool. But what we did, so we did Multnomah Falls the first time and we're like, hey, this is really neat. And then we read that there was a gorge that you could hike to. And you can hike to this from the Multnomah Falls path. But what we did is we came back down to the parking lot and then drove a little further west. And then you can park and go out to the gorge. And the gorge is in my mind, much better than the falls anyway. Um, you go down and in order to get to the actual gorge at the end, you have to climb over this huge mess of, what is it, roots and... It's logs. It looks like a big dam, actually. But it's, I mean, it's full-size logs that are just piled on top of each other. And it's pretty big. I mean, it takes quite a few minutes to navigate your way from one side to the other. Right. And then the and then you have to walk back through, you know, you're in a gorge, so there's cliffs on both sides. You're walking back through. There's a part where you actually, it's it was deep enough where we were in the summer that you actually had to swim like you couldn't you couldn't keep walking it was above it was basically at your shoulders well most of the time on this hiker and it's not you're not really going uphill it's in a riverbed so wear water shoes or sneakers that you don't mind getting wet because you are walking through the river then you're walking over this huge mess of logs then through the river some more and then through this like swimming hole to actually get to this waterfall gorge right yeah wear a bathing suit if you're doing this wear wear water shoes or flip something that, as Heather said, you don't mind kind of getting a little ruined, old sneakers, something like that. And then you get to the end. I was the only one in the, our group of four who actually would go through the swimming hole. It was pretty cold at that point. And I went through the swimming hole. And like I said, it's it's almost basically above your head. Um, and you, you swim through and then you get to the end and there's another waterfall back there that you can actually swim in. It's just a really, really cool experience. So Multnomah Falls and then the gorge that's just a little further west of it highly recommended. Get a car, go out there. The drive is beautiful. It's just a cool experience. Everyone will tell you to do it when you're in Portland. So don't forget going to Multnomah Falls. And another activity, actually, our friend Sean Keener said that he likes doing more than even Multnomah Falls is just the hiking that they have in the forest park. So in northwest of Portland, you know, you could hike for hours out there and there's, you know, you just park and go for a couple of hours and just kind of commune with nature. It's not very crowded or touristy, whereas Multnomah Falls can be pretty crowded. And like when we did the gorge in July, there were hundreds of people there doing it. So if you want something a little more just you and nature, there's plenty of opportunities for that as well. Yeah. A few other activities that you can actually do downtown. Um the Japanese Rose Garden. Having lived in Japan, we were a little skeptical about this. Everyone told us to go up to the Japanese Garden. Well, there's a Rose Garden, and then there's an uh, that's free that you can kind of walk around. And then there's a Japanese Garden, and I believe it was like ten dollars a person. I think it was more than ten dollars. I think it was at least eighteen or twenty because oh. you were considering not going in. Okay. Because it was a little expensive and I and we had been, you know, home from Japan for about a year and a half and I was like, "Listen, I'm really missing Japan. It's worth it to me. I'm going to go in." And Travis was like, "Okay, fine. I'll do it too." And we were both so glad that we did because you walk in and you're immediately transformed. I don't know how they did this, but 
I guess being in the Pacific Northwest, there are a lot of trees. But in Japan, when you go to some of the gardens and the temples, they always have trees around them. So you walk in, it's immediately cooler because the shade and the ponds that they have are just kind of like it's like a misty transcendent feeling and i can't believe they captured that in portland oregon but we, we it, it's nine fifty, so i just looked it up so it's nine fifty a person which is even oh. shows you how frugal i am <laughs> then for That's real embarrassing uh you know 18 19 for two people all right so we thought you know we've been to japan like this can't be that impressive okay it's a japanese garden it's probably going to be some fake little thing it was so cool. It was it was very it was the best one we've seen outside of Japan. It's been called that by a lot of people and they actually brought a Japanese architect, you know, not architect, but garden specialist into to build it and all that stuff and it is well worth the 950 even if you are <laughs> frugal like me. Um just a really really neat experience with the Japanese garden. Highly recommend going up and doing that. You can take a bus up to it. You can actually it's kind of at the top of the hill so you can walk up there as well, but the Japanese garden is really cool. Another activity that we suggest is just biking or walking around Portland is full of neighborhoods. As Heather mentioned, it's a little, not really sprawling, but you know, there's different segments to it. So you having a bike though, it's very bike friendly. There's bike lanes everywhere. Everyone bikes. So if you have a chance, rent a bike and that you would be able to see everything we're talking about outside of Multnomah Falls because that's further out very easily in a day or two. Um, and like I said, it's really bike friendly and really pretty to bike around. So you can easily bike, rent bikes in the city or, or borrow one from someone if you're at an Airbnb place. Yeah, and there are mountains and hills around Portland, but until you're getting really into the Northwest, it's basically flatter. Relatively I flat. mean, there's some inclines, but it's not going to be like San Francisco or Seattle or something where it's like just really up and down. It's pretty easy to bike. Yeah, and you should definitely check out Powell's Books. That's another place that's very famous here in Portland, the largest bookstore either in the world or the U.S. Can't- I'm not sure, but it does have a huge selection of books, and you can just wander around in there and browse, and it's just pretty cool. Yeah, just a very, very interesting place. So we're going to encapsulate all this and kind of just give you an itinerary. So if, if we were to have two days here in Portland, Heath, what would you kind what would you recommend people do? How should they structure their time? Because a lot of people aren't going to come here for a week or two weeks like we do. What should people do? Well, I was thinking about this and I would say, you know, if you only have a weekend, two or three days, you know, the first full day you have, maybe you want to take it easy. So I would recommend going out to breakfast, maybe starting in the northeast, going to the tin shed. Yeah, it depends where you're staying, but if you tin shed is always a great place to go. So start with a cool breakfast place and then, you know, it, whether it's the Tin Shed or not, if you do something in an area like Alberta Street, then you can wander along Alberta Street. They have lots of shops, lots of cafes. Um, and then simultaneously, if you decide to do that in the Northwest at a breakfast place, you could wander around the Pearl and basically just explore the city in whatever district that you happen to be in. Yeah, there's going to be lots of little cool places. Definitely, you know, get breakfast one place. And I would suggest if you like coffee, getting coffee somewhere else because the coffee is so good. You might as well get breakfast somewhere than coffee somewhere else or vice versa. Wander around if you have a bike or, or you know, you just want to walk around. That's totally cool. We've walked from the northeast all the way into downtown three miles before. It's a very nice walk. You walk over the bridge. You walk over the Willamette River. Um, so 
you know, spend some time really kind of just getting the feel of Portland. And of course, then, you know, as happy hour comes about, maybe you want to hit that up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say go out for an early happy hour. And then depending on your budget or your food taste, they have a lot of really fine dining. So if you want to hit up happy hour, get a drink, get an appetizer, and then around seven or eight, you know, go to Tasty and Alder, which is like a highly recommended restaurant. Um, also, Andina in the Pearl District, it's right on that street I was talking about, the 13th Street, where it's the old warehouses. And this is a Peruvian restaurant that gets super high reviews in Portland. So, you know, depending on if you want to have a really nice dinner or if you just want to hit up like four happy hours, either way, you can find that in Portland. Yeah. And in between, you know, you could do this breakfast and then you could head to the Japanese gardens. You could do something like that during the day. You could bike around, go up to Japanese gardens. Then you could go out to this dinner. Then the next day, if you have a second day, we highly suggest Multnomah Falls. You will, you can take a bus out there or you will need to rent a car, but it is well worth it. So get up early, maybe have another cool breakfast, and then go out to the falls fairly early because I think that's, that's usually the best time to see it. Yeah, and you can always you know hike the falls, spend some time out there, and then go to the Edgefields, the McMenamins, you know, coming back and grab dinner there and walk around the grounds because, like we said, they have good food, good beer, and really cool atmosphere. Yeah, and one thing that we didn't get to do, I guess we can get into this just here at the end, is... Another thing that Portland is is known for is having pretty rabid sports fans. And if you're into sports, um, we also did a podcast about this, our top 12 sporting events around the world that we've been to. You might be interested in that. You can check that out on the pods page as well. Uh, pretty fun episode to record, but we have not been able to go to a sporting event here, but they have the... Um, they have the Timbers, the Portland Timbers, the MLS team, which they're very, very adamant about. They also bring a lot of international soccer through here as well because the fan, because everyone loves soccer here. So you can go to Genweld Field. It's actually not called that anymore. It's called something else. But that is right up in the Northwest. You could also go see a Trailblazers basketball game. Or if there's a big event, and we did this, right down in Pioneer Square, they will open up and they will put a big event on the TV in the front. And so we actually saw the World Cup final there, um, the the Germany-Argentina World Cup final, and it was packed out there. So if there is a big sporting event, they'll usually put that up on the kind of jumbotron or whatever you want to call it in Pioneer Square people will gather there and it's a really fun thing to do because it's just everyone's outside and enjoying it. Yeah, we actually didn't talk a lot about downtown and I'll just put in a little plug here. In the downtown, they have lots of great shopping. There's Pioneer Square Mall. Um, there's a yard brewery or yard house, I mean, there, which we really like. Um, yeah, lots of fun things to do right in downtown. So you could definitely walk around and explore that. And like Travis said, they have Pioneer Square, which is a great place to hang out. Sometimes it's closed for events. We've been to a couple events there. And just a really big, nice outdoor space where people congregate. It's pretty cool. And of course, on your itinerary then, each night you should be going to Salt and Straw to get at <laughs> least ice cream every night that you're here, if not more than that. So those are our suggestions there for Portland. It is a fantastic city. We won't tell you where it ranks on our favorite cities in the U.S. because we're going to be doing another podcast about that. But I will tell you that it is up there. Just a very, very cool spot. Lots to do. People are outdoors. And again, we highly recommend you know taking time to wander around the city, whether it's biking. They have a lot of street fairs, as Heather mentioned. You can go to those. And also, if you have a chance, get out to Multnomah Falls. Those would be the big ones. Heth, if you had to give someone a can't miss 
guess, what is the one thing that they can't miss? We've already given them a lot, but tell tell them like what what would you say? All right, you're going to Portland. You have to do this. Well, I would probably say you got to hit up those coffee shops because, (laughs) I mean, Portland's renowned for it. And if you really want good coffee, I would go. I would sit there. I wouldn't even get it to go. I would get it to stay in the coffee shop. I would sit there, sip it, read a book or people watch whatever. I mean, there's so many incredible things to do in Portland. But if you like coffee, you need to get coffee in Portland. And barista is your favorite place. Barista right? or Stumptown. And there's other ones too, but those would be the top two for sure. And my can't miss would have to be Salt and Straw. There's no <laughs> two ways about it. It's just that fantastic. Uh, for activity, I would just say get out to the gorge at Multnomah Falls. If it's weather permitting, it's going to be warm enough that you know you can go through the water and stuff like that. But other than that, just wander around and just enjoy Portland. Find all its quirky nooks and crannies. There's so much stuff to do here that we haven't done and that we haven't even touched on that we have done before too. It's just a really fascinating city. Yeah, and we didn't mention because we're not vegetarian or vegan, but if you don't know this about Portland. They have a million places to eat for people who are vegetarian. Um, and a lot of their stuff is is local and farm sourced from in this state. And they were always like that. It was not just a new fad for them. They have always, it's like, a, you know, Oregon is a big farming state and they have really good local food everywhere. Yeah. Even this small diner we went to this morning for breakfast, I can make it gluten-free. I can make it vegan. I can do this or that. And it's just, it's pretty incredible. Not that that's of interest to us or necessary for us, but it's pretty cool that that everywhere will do that for you. So next time we come to Portland, Hath, what is the one thing that we haven't done that you want to do? Well, we're here in Portland, so what are we going to do in the next couple of days? Wow, I haven't really thought about that too much because we've been traveling around a lot, so I haven't given much thought to Portland um, since we just got here. But I mean, definitely want to go to Burnside tonight. Um, check out that brewery. There is also a cupcakes food cart that I've had a little mini cupcake from once, and we want to go find that called Hungry Heart Cupcakes. So you should find that as well. And for us, we might actually um, try to go see a sporting event while we're here in the next couple of days, if possible. That's the one thing that I haven't done that I would like to do um, here. Yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. So there you have it, guys. That is our destination diary for Portland. There is so much cool stuff to do in Portland. A lot of you have probably been here and probably have favorites that you haven't heard us mention, or maybe you agree with some of the things that we say. Let us know. You could go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash destination Portland. Please, we're going to be coming back to this city more often than not. We absolutely love it here. So tell us some of your recommendations. Where should we go? What have we missed? Or just give us a like, yeah, we agree. Salt and straw is the best, Travis. Let us know in the comments of that post. That would be really, really great. We are wrapping up Podcast Gluttony. That's where we did 22 episodes throughout September. If you guys like what we did, we're going to try to continue it. Five episodes a week is crazy. It's a lot of work. It's also a lot of fun though. So please let us know if you liked it. Let us know what episodes you like. Let us know what we could do better. All types of stuff like that. You can email me, trav at extrapackofpeanuts.com. Also, it really helps when you guys leave reviews on iTunes. So if you are so inclined, you can go to iTunes. You can leave us a review. Today's featured review comes from ScottyB82. He gives us five stars. He says, good guests. And he says, love the guests that you have on the show. Good variety, but still keep coming back to the central theme. Thanks for doing the show. So Scotty B, really glad you like it. Thank you so much for that review. Thank you everyone for listening to us today. And until next time, 
Happy free travels! travels.